Business Voice, the podcast about growing your business through content brought to you by Lemon Quarters. Today's episode is part of a new series for the Nurture Network in collaboration with Startup Loans and its campaign, Take the Leap, Startup, Innovate and Thrive. Nurture Network is an initiative providing mentoring, networking and opportunities for UK-based female entrepreneurs and professionals. We're bringing you a series of conversations with inspiring women and their male allies, tailored to help women follow their ambitions, start and grow businesses. Startup Loans gives personal loans and support to aspiring and early stage business owners from across the UK who might be struggling to find other forms of finance. With 40% of their loans going to women, Startup Loans has had a transformational impact on the lives of thousands of people, helping them to follow their ambition and be their own boss. Our next guest is Joe Chidley, co-founder of Beauty Kitchen and sustainable packaging platform RE. Joe talked about how to find the true focus of your business, turning challenges into opportunities, and embracing sustainable principles, whatever your business. Jo, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Well, tell us a little bit about where did the idea for Beauty Kitchen come from and how did you set it up? Yeah, so if I take a little step back, um, just to sort of set the scene around the problems that we are trying to solve. So the FMCG industry, which is fast moving consumer goods, it creates over 161 million tonnes of plastic packaging every year. And as we know, sadly, most of this isn't recycled. The global packaging industry is worth $1 trillion annually. 99% is single use and less than 1% of the reusable packaging is smart and trackable. So, Mm. I I mean, I'm a chemist. I'm the founder of Beauty Kitchen, but I'm also the founder of RE, um, which is a packaging uh, platform system. We're based in a little town just south of Glasgow in Scotland. And Beauty Kitchen was where it all started. We're one of the highest scoring uh, B corporations in the world. We have most of our products are cradle to cradle certified as well, which, you know, is unusual for our particular industry. And we're stocked in major retailers in six countries, but our biggest um, sales come from the UK. And, And the reason why I was setting the scene around that problem around packaging is that with any business, wherever it is, whether you are thinking about starting a business, you have started a business, you're on that growth trajectory. There's a juggling act around where do you place your focus and how do you know that that focus area is the right thing for your business at that time? And this is what's happened with Beauty Kitchen. So Beauty Kitchen is an indie beauty brand. We do skincare, bath and body, but our USP is not only do we have no plastic in our formulations, and what I mean by that is microplastics, Mm. but we also um, don't use plastic packaging. We use a reusable packaging platform so that our customers can get our products, use them, and then return their packaging for that to then be washed, refilled, and either sent back out to them or, you know, sold somewhere else. 
And what happened with that packaging aspect of Beauty Kitchen's business, we created a, another business unit, which is called RE. And that is a buy anywhere, return anywhere, reuse anywhere alternative to single use packaging. And it was solving a problem, not just for Beauty Kitchen and, and my customers and my team. It was solving an industry problem as well. And it also creates other opportunities for, you know, the team here at Beauty Kitchen. Uh, and, and that's where I think lots of, you know, founders and, and people that are starting businesses always have a challenge around where do I put my focus and for us it was around our expertise so initially that was in formulating beauty products but it very swiftly moved into solving a packaging problem not just for us but but for the world at large amazing amazing so you got two businesses out of one yep <laughs> I mean <laughs> that sounds like a, a lot to take on um what what was it like setting them up and and growing them has it been um has it been a rough journey or or nice and smooth so i i think anybody that starts out always sees challenges as opportunities because you wouldn't get through the day if you just always seen it as problem solving but you definitely <laughs> have to have that you know that aspect of your mind where you're curious around what if and, and how can I make that better? That's just something that is, you know, across all cultures across the globe around that starting a business. And it's it's just around building that network to make sure that you have support in those days when you think, why am I doing this again? You know, because it just seems really hard. And is it really meant to be that hard? And I, and I think that's what's glorious around the, the startup and scale up network that has happened, not just here in Scotland, but in the UK and across Europe, there has been a real drive um, to support, you know, growing businesses um, of, pro of all sort of shapes and sizes. I think in the circular economy model, you know, that is definitely having its day. And that's where, you know, we are in that space because, we are doing something that is reusable and it's something that is a circular business model. Now that is complicated because sustainability isn't simple, but with that complication comes real collaboration. And with collaboration with other businesses, you've then got your support network. So it just depends on you know how you're viewing and which lens you're looking through, but making sure you've got that network of um, not just people, but organisations that can help you through those tough times. Gosh, it sounds like, yeah, you've got quite the community around you. Um, it's, it's amazing to be part of that, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, the community side of things, I am a social animal myself anyway, and I, and I mm -hmm. like to, you know, have conversations with people and I really enjoy when people ask me questions. It's not about necessarily having the answers uh, because a lot of the times I don't, but it means that I can then, you know, as we say in Scotland, chew the fat really around, yeah. you know, what could that solution be? And is there someone else in the network that could potentially help? And I think community-led businesses, you know, are the future 
they have demonstrated this if you think of social the rise of social media and the rise of communities at large mm. i think if businesses take that approach as well it makes them much more collaborative and i think it it supports future proofing what a business can be um you know when you're part of a of a separate community so if we take a certification for instance like b corp that's mm, a specific yeah. community that, that you're engaged with because you are aligned with those different beliefs and, and values. But that's not the only community that you would want to be part of. You know, you've then got other aspects to that, whether it's professional services, whether it's place-based. You know, we're based, our closest city is Glasgow. So we're very interconnected with, with you know, Glasgow as a place as well. And I think keeping your business open to those different networks and encouraging that from your team as well, um, just helps not just from a support perspective but it helps you find the answers to problems mm. quicker <laughs> absolutely I think that's really great advice and, and a really nice way to think about to think about business in general you know it's kind of yeah. like a force for good um, well I mean what give us a give us a flavor of the kinds of challenges or opportunities as you might call them um, that you guys have come across so far on the journey so if we look at, um, if we take Beauty Kitchen, for example, uh, mm. there is a lot of ways to make beauty products, but really it's it's pretty straightforward. It's not dark magic. It's yeah. relative. Anyone can do it. You could make a body scrub, you know, from stuff that's in your kitchen cupboard. And that's really where mm. the foundation of our, our business started. It was around DIY beauty. How can we have products that are self-preserving? But the, the whole idea of the beauty industry for me is about confidence. It's about self-esteem. It's about being able to create something, you know, whether that's your own skincare routine or your own, you know, makeup routine, whatever that is, it's personal to you. Everyone has their favorite lipstick, their favorite moisturizer, whatever that is. It's part of your identity. Um, and I think when it comes to how do you then extrapolate what's your USP, I think getting immersed in your business knowledge, you then find out, and for me, which took me a little bit by surprise, was um, being a bit of a packaging nerd and really trying to understand, you know, where does packaging come from? If I've got blue glass that looks beautiful and works really well within our industry, but nobody recycles it unless it goes to a specialist recycle recycler. And blue glass also has um an impact on the environment because of the cobalt because that's what makes it blue and the cobalt is mined in places that i don't necessarily know whether that's fairly traded you know so there's these threads that you start pulling in particular mm. areas of your business that then produce other opportunities and and for me you don't need to be a scientist to kind of work out if i have glass and i crush it down and build it back up into a new bottle, i.e. recycling, mm. or if I mm -hmm. wash it under specific cleaning protocols and refill it, what uses less energy and what's more commercially viable? And that was where the opportunity, and that, that can happen in any aspect, whether that's you looking at how do you finance your business, what are the best deals that are out there, I suppose it comes down to shopping around, you know, you know, you mm. as your business, your opportunities come from shopping around and finding out what else is out there. 
it's uh, it's complex, but um, it's a really refreshing way of approaching it. I, I really enjoy hearing you talk about it. I think it's um, I think it's really nice. Looking back, I mean, this could be either of the businesses. Have there been any breakthrough moments or standout moments over the years that have really made you cheer and, and understand that the business is gonna is gonna do well? So with Beauty Kitchen, um, the couple of high level certifications that we got, so the B Corp score and also Cradle to Cradle. So Cradle to Cradle, um, if people have not heard of it, it's basically a certification on how to design your products and services for the circular economy, so for circular business models. But what it does is it looks at your products and services at the molecular level of chemistry yes it's really in depth and to get cradle to cradle is pretty tough as well Uh, um so those two certifications really um were great moments for, for us at beauty kitchen because it was independent organizations saying that we were definitely doing the right thing not just by our people but by the planet as well. And that, and that just gives a really warm, fuzzy feeling to be able to do that as a commercial organisation. When it comes to the reusable packaging platform in terms of RE, that was really when we got our first big client. <laughs> so um, we our first client was Unilever, which is one of the largest personal care companies in the world. So That's to incredible. have that verification that we know what we're doing in terms of reusable packaging formats and supporting how they can design for reuse for me that was that was you know a huge moment yeah um incredible Unilever is is enormous so that's amazing congratulations as a as a female founder have you come across any kind of challenges in that sense over the years it's complicated. I mm. was asked to present about reusable um, packaging formats at the World Economic Forum in Davos just a couple of weeks ago in, in January. And there was a huge um, focus for the, the conference this year on the disparity of power and leadership for women. And, you know, I went along to, you know, several of the different panel discussions and workshops and, uh, that they had there. And the disparity has grown from 100 years in terms of gender equality to 136 mm. years, just in a three year period because of COVID. Mm-hmm. And, and the reason be- behind that is complicated. You know, a lot of women have taken on the carer role um, through those COVID years for a variety of different, whether it's family members or extended family or or whatever that is for them. But what that's, what that's meant is that they have come out of the workplace and the disparity has then grown. Um, mm. The other aspect to it is unconscious bias. And, and this is not pointing the finger at anyone because we all do it. You know, I'm a white uh, female. I will never understand what it's like to be a black female because Mm. it's it's just and and potentially I could have that unconscious bias I would hope that I wouldn't but we need to face into these unconscious biases every single day and call them out and it's not about calling them out in a finger pointing way you know a big stick it's just about getting the conversation out there we know that investment goes to white men and at the moment, that is the case. All of the data shows that, but yeah. we have to face into that to 
change it? How do we get that disparity to be more equal? And that is a very, we need to take a very long-term view on that. Now, in terms of me personally, you know, I, these things happen, you know, at every stage in someone's life in some way. You know, whatever your your background is, you know, how you mm. got into business in the first place, the colour of your skin, you know, how you think about diversity, where your business is. Is it in the UK? Is it in Europe? Is it further? There will always be disparity for your business and there will always be unconscious bias so we yeah. need to just make sure that we use you know the data that is out there to face into it and, and change it sounds a bit cheesy but it's really changing the narrative you know and mm. having not just role models but role models that are men that are saying you know you have to do something different as a man to be able to encourage more females within not just the workplace, but as business leaders and running businesses throughout the supply chain. I suppose you, I, I want to ask you for advice, but I, I don't even know where to start because I think there's going to be so many different types of advice I could ask you about. But as a, I think keeping with the theme, as a female founder, what would you say to others who are thinking about starting something and or, or at the beginning of their business journey to, to help them along the way? For me, it's finding either co-founders or a co-founding team. And, and mm. you know, that I'm fortunate that I have a co-founder who just so happens to be my husband. Yet we mm -hmm. are a female-led business. So we have 18 employees, of which 12 are female, and they're all in different aspects of the business, you know, um, and in different roles. Um, it's around having the support network. However, that might not necessarily be possible. You might think, well, I've only had this idea myself, so where do I go? Well, then my recommendation would be get onto the accelerator programs that are out there. You, If you're in the UK in particular, there is so many accelerators that are either industry specific or they might be through your um, bank or it might be through one of the large consultancies or accountancy firms. There are many, and I, I didn't want to name just one. That's why I'm doing mm, it in a more yeah. general way. There are many <laughs> yeah. of these accelerator programs that are out there. And what happens is you're then in with other people that are starting their businesses. And you can then have either find a co-founder or you've yeah. then got that network set up for you. Yeah, incredible. And um, well, one more piece of advice then about more kind of about the eco element of a business. And if someone's setting up a business, even if it's not directly related to the green economy, what should they be doing to make sure that their business is part of the solution rather than the problem? Yeah, that's a, it's a great question, because really, we all need to be part. You don't you know, we all need to be part of the change that needs to happen. And you don't yeah. need to run a sustainability business to be able to do that in whatever format that would be. My advice would be renewable energy. Yeah, it may at the moment cost a little bit more. Yes, mm. but it would definitely head you on to um, a path of being more sustainable and, you know, leaning in at the early stage of your business. And it's a really straightforward change of energy supplier to do that. Yeah, amazing. 
Well, listen, thank you so much. It sounds like you're doing you're doing great work in so many different spheres. Um, it's hard to know where to even where to even focus, but I think that's been a really lovely conversation and loads of brilliant advice there for our listeners. So thank you so much, Joe. No, and and as I always say, you know, um I'm available if anybody wants to have a chat, you know, chew the fat, um, then please just make contact. There you go, guys. You heard it here first. Get in touch with Joe. <laughs> thank you so much. Thanks, Gabby. That's all for today. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you'd like to hear more about Jo and her businesses, visit her website, beautykitchen.co.uk. And to find out about the support available from Startup Loans, visit startuploans.co.uk. You can also find out more about the Nurture Network at lemonquarters.com, email us hello at lemonquarters, or follow us on LinkedIn or Twitter.